TTB Music Podcast A lot of people have been asking that about this yeah, podcast, yeah. really. <laughs> of course they have. <clears throat> anyway, welcome to uh, February. Yeah. Just about. And our first proper podcast. Yeah, I think I, I was listening to these albums that we're about to review, so no spoilers yet. I think that's the feeling I got. I was like, oh, new stuff. Yeah. New stuff that's quite good stuff. New stuff from the Decembrists, Bell and Sebastian, BC Camplight, which is a great name, frankly. Uh, Natalie Pras, Megan Trainer, and Gaz Coombs. Mm. So, without further ado, we get to the seventh studio album from the Decembrists. Really? Who we we actually time. we actually did review their their previous album. Oh, we did. I say it every time. But that was probably about <laughs> oh, three or four years ago. No, now. Really? Amazing. No, that does surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. So, anywho, what a terrible world! What a beautiful world! Hmm. Yay, nay. Yay. Yeah, you know, definitely yay. Um, do you know, I, I, I'll come back to that point around the albums later, but let's focus on what's here. What a terrible world, what a beautiful world. Um, yeah, no, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed this record. Um, it's, I'm not sure if it's their strongest album. Yeah. Uh, and having, having remember reviewing the last one, I didn't think it was that long ago, uh, I, I recall rather enjoying that one uh, perhaps a little bit more. I always think the thing with the Decembrists is, and I'm probably repeating a point I made four years ago now, is I always think they sound like a really great live act, and yet there's just something They're not bad, quite actually. not quite missing when you put it onto um, onto vinyl or record. Yeah, it's it's it just loses that little little piece of the soul. It's like the extra player in there has just disappears. But anyway, um, no, good album, uh, very listenable too. Uh, some really great tracks. Um, Thought the, 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 it sort of sagged somewhere in the middle, so you must confess, I think the, the first half and last third, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's, it's hard to, to, to sort of quantify on each track, really, because uh, there's, there was, there's so much good stuff in here. Um, why don't you jump in at this point? And I'll jump right back in. Okay, Dick. Yeah, I, I, I was... Uh kind of underwhelmed first listen first couple of listens about this album and I, was, and I was thinking oh that's a shame because uh, I have um, grown to like them as a band after being a bit kind of eh, when they first came on the scene yeah um, I was kind of turned on to them a bit more into this to give them a second chance by uh, one of our erstwhile occasional listeners hello Jen uh, who described this as a return to form on the weekend. So um, she clearly thinks this is them okay. heading back in the oh, right okay, direction. Yeah, yeah. And I think it has a great opening track. I mean, the yep. single just is Audience, which is one of those classic um, ironic songs about bands and fans. I yep. really like the kind of line that says, we're aware that you cut your hair in a style that our drummer wore in a video kind of thing, that yep. kind of yep. amusing thing. Although it has a kind of element of a closing track about it, the way it kind of builds and you can imagine it being the end track of a, of a record. Um and what I did like about the record is that it seems his songwriting has a more of a simplicity to it on this particular record than on previous ones, and there's less speaking about kind of times of yore and olden times Which and is good. maidens and stuff like that, and more about kind of because that was very 2012. What's kind of going on <laughs> in his life now, if you, if, if you'd like. Yeah. Uh, so it was a, definitely a grower for me. I think the album starts 
terrifically. Yeah. Um, so the first half, as you as you say, yeah. is really really good. Uh, particularly like the single make you better um, love the line in that we're not so starry eyed anymore like the perfect paramour you were in your letters I think that's mm. a great line um, then you have two uh, cracking uh, mellow songs if you like uh, Lake Song uh, which is a very Al Stewart Nick Drake acoustic kind of number and, I, and it went with the last time I mentioned Al Stewart and Nick Drake in this particular podcast uh, and followed up by a really lovely acoustic song uh, Turn the Waters All Along Gone, which is yeah, just a one of the standout tracks in the cracking track. Yeah. Uh, and The Wrong Year, which has a great a great riff in it, a great bit of accordion. Um, so whilst you were saying it kind of sags in the middle and gets better at the, gets better at the end. Um, oh. Well, I'm, 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 not, I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily, I'm not going to necessarily disagree, but however, I think my only criticism of the album yeah. is that it does feel slightly too long. And maybe that's because there's a, maybe that's because there's an element of sameness about the sound, if you like. Yeah, if you like. Uh, so it's kind of it comes in at kind of fourteen tracks, and I would have said ten would have been yeah fine. See, I, I, I quite like that the final three tracks in particular. I know, I know. By this point, you're probably thinking, "Oh, when will this album end?" Um, but actually, I really enjoyed that. And um, twelve, seventeen, twelve. Um, I think I must be the only person that picked this up. I don't know. Yeah, I get an, an echo, a resonance. I wish you were here by Pink Floyd in there. Hmm. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I, can't, well, I kept waiting for that sort of to kick in about halfway through. But yeah, I, I agree. Those songs aren't, those songs aren't bad. And I'm not, I wouldn't necessarily say that the, the, the final tracks are the ones I'd cut off the album. I'm just no. saying that for, for me, I think it would have been better if it had been kind of 10 tracks, 11 tracks rather than 14 tracks. Sure. But that's a very minor criticism. That is minor because I actually think I'd have thought it was a good album. Yeah, indeed. <clears throat> So we move on uh, to uh, Bell and Sebastian. Uh, I did write down which album this was of theirs, didn't I? Somewhere? Ninth. Ninth, yeah. Uh, one of uh, Scotland's finest. Uh, still, still going. This is, uh, they made this album in America, um, but it still retains that kind of winsome kind of pop of their previous re- releases. That's uh, always been very much a staple of their sound. Um, so you've got, again, big helpings of Al Stewart, Nick Drake. Um, Al Stewart bit coming through, partly through Stuart Murdoch's voice, which is very similar to Al Stewart's. But also this time, bizarrely, kind of dubstar, Pet Shop Boysy type stuff flowing in there as well, which I'm sure you'll mention as we go along. No. Um, <laughs> opening two tracks, um, which I think is a common th- going to be a common theme for me, at least, in this podcast. Opening two tracks are brilliant and... Possibly the high point of the album album for me. Uh, so that is, he says, forgetting what the opening two tracks are called, Nobody's Empire and Alley, which I think are both absolutely cracking tracks. And <clears throat> there's more kind of, of that, if you like, kind of music later on, later on in the album. But just after those two, and you're thinking you're into a particular kind of style, particular kind of sound, yeah. then comes Party Line, which is kind of like... <laughs> And you suddenly get the kind of electro bit of the uh, album coming in, which first of all I thought it might be just one random track, which would have been very weird. But thankfully, you have um, is it uh, Enter Sylvia Plath yeah. and Play for Today, yeah. which is I think one of the best hey, tracks Enter on the Sylvia album. Enter Sylvia Plath, I mean, that's a that's a disco number. It is a disco that's number. Brilliant. Which are very much in that electro kind of a uh, slant. Um, but there are other. You still you've still got the kind of uh, original kind of sound in there as well. So you've got Ever- Everlasting 
which because it has that kind of a almost kind of gypsy folk element to it, which bizarrely I could have imagined being a kind of entry for kind of Albania in the Eurovision <laughs> Song Contest or something like that. And a perfect bit of acoustic loveliness, again, similar to the Sembris on um, Ever Had a Little Faith, which I think is a, yeah. a beautiful song. Uh, I was less sure about Perfect Couples, which seemed to be kind of channeling Matt Bianco and early Spando Ballet. Um, and Power of Three, was it? I was less sure of that. That's about four tracks in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, um, oh, whilst well, I liked the Musketeers and, and Sherlock yeah. Holmes references, it was a bit, uh, wasn't quite yeah, so sure kind of cobbled to, lyrically speaking. Uh, yeah. It was, like, it was like, here's an idea, right, how do I fit in as many, I was about to say threesomes, powers of three that, yes. I, that I, can, I can reference. And again, similarly with the Decemberists, I think my main problem with this album is actually that it's too long. Yeah, I, I, I disagree, actually. I think it's a perfect length. I really enjoyed this record um, and not just because of the overt Pet Shop Boys references that I can squeeze into this review um, I thought it was a really, really strong record um, it's not they're not a band really that I've ever listened to at, at great length sure I've heard Bell and Sebastian albums uh, Mrs. Pete is a big fan um, but no I really I really enjoyed this record I thought there was some, some it's that classic sort of British pop writing, sort of pop as folk, lyric, lyrically speaking, art that, 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 that only Brits seem to do so well. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, even in Atlanta, Georgia, where I believe this was recorded. Um, it, I thought Enter Sylvia Plath, as I said, was just a stonking tune with the, the high energy tempo. Um, and Play For Today, similarly, channel, real channeled, uh, channeled, sorry, channeled, a real sort of Neil Tennant, vibe there so again mm. reference well, i think bizarrely, i think for me play for today was the was the track that melds both the kind of pet shoppy boy style of electro and mm. the, and their traditional balance sort of sound the best yeah no absolutely absolutely and um i thought the album has a really strong strong more typically bell and sebastian closer as well in in um today this army's for peace sort of real mellow sort of nice way to bring you back down after what has actually been quite an up-tempo album. Surprisingly so, yeah. So I thought this was a great, a great pop record. Oh yes, <laughs> in many respects. A great um, pop no, record. I really enjoyed this. Heard it here first. Really, no, yeah, absolutely. Really enjoyed this record. So moving from... Uh, what was it called again? Girls in Peacetime uh, Want to Dance. Indeed. Yes, it even, indeed. Has, it even has dance in the title. So move from Scotland as recorded in America to... America as recorded in Manchester. Don't know what that accent uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> Be, it's probably about as good as his man, man, ah, ah, accent, ah, probably. Probably, uh, probably about as good as mine these days. <laughs> so we move on to uh, Brian Christinzo uh, and his uh, latest album under his BC Camplight album, Camplight Monica. Yeah. Um, With the appropriately titled... How to Die in the North. <laughs> now, BC had a bad time when he was living in Philadelphia and, and kind of uh, becoming f famous early on and getting lots of people going, oh, you're wonderful, you're wonderful, and fell prey to the usual drugs, alcohol, cliches. Um, and then bizarrely decided, uh, when someone suggested to him on Twitter, that he moved to Manchester from Philadelphia, as you do. Um, however, I don't know. It seems to have worked. Post-industrial landscape and all that. Yeah, it, seems, it does seem to have worked, uh, <laughs> for, me, for me at least. And we have an album that is um, 
hugely 70s influenced. Um, yes. uh, it's like a 70s influenced bag of tricks almost. Yes. You, could, you, could, you could say in style. Go on. And everything. Yes, and. <laughs> yes. And? And it's, yes, there are elements of Rundgren there. Yay! There are elements of Brian Wilson uh, there. <laughs> Part elements of Jefferson Airplane versus the people there. And it's another classic, one of those classic Love Gone Wrong record, records, which we like so much in this podcast. Uh, and let's be guessed, honest, tend to be the best ones, lyrically speaking. Um, and it's, it's just a, a lovely, great, fun Record, frankly, I uh, uh, really, really like like this record from the kind of lush seventies rock opening mm. of uh, "You Should Have Gone to School," uh, right through to the kind of Nielsen power ballad. Does anybody fall in love at the end? Yeah, um, which should feel really, really cheesy, but actually, by the time I get to the end of the album, feels kind of wonderful and uplifting, and I want to get my lighter out and wave it in the air, kind of thing. Just really love, love love this this album. It's got everything in it that kind of appeals to me about kind of seventies music. Yes, but Hawker just kind of thrown thrown into the kind of mixer and kind of just thrown out. So and it gets really bizarre. So uh, if picking tracks around, you got Thieves and Antigua, which is uh, a kind of Beach Boys style surf pop song going along quite nicely, but with little hints of calypso. And you're thinking, oh, okay, this is cool, this is cool. And then suddenly, out of, no, out of nowhere. It's a mariachi band. <laughs> and you're thinking, at what point in the recording this record, were they just sat there thinking, the song's missing something? No. Yep. What's it missing? What's it missing? What's it missing? Mariachi. Yeah. And it's just bonkers. But I love it. And the album's full of that kind of strange thing. Even on Grim Cinema, for example, you've got another kind of surf pop type thing. Um, but then it's also, by the same token, reminiscent of kind of Odelay era kind of Beck yeah. in parts. Um, just because I love you, uh, which is a kind of ballad, and the track on it is pure Rundgren. Yeah, um, very much like that. Exactly, yeah. And good morning headache, which also has initial kind of Rundgren hints. It's a kind of duet with Hattie Coombs vocal, contrasting really nicely yes. with his. Yes. Although it kind of falls into kind of Queen towards the end, very briefly, mm. in a bizarre kind of thing. So yeah, this uh, uh, again, this is one of that album's first listen. I was kind of unsure of. I but agree. Yeah. But the more I've listened to it, the more I've kind of been sucked in. This is, this is definitely the grower of the, 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 the selection this evening. Um, it was I found it I found it quite difficult at first listen. I thought, oh, I'm not entirely sure where this this falls. But it's, it's as you say, it's sort of you're halfway through that first listen, you think, oh wait a minute, oh I oh, I get it, ah. Yeah. And then and then second and third listen, you think it actually really starts to sort of penetrate the soul. You think, oh, what a great album this is. Um, I found myself singing opening track. Um, you should have gone to school quite a lot. You worry, worry. It, it's very got very catchy, worry, worry sort of sort of thing going on underneath. And uh, yeah, as you've touched on some of the other tracks on there, but very, very almost almost popability of, of the era to which you're yeah. referring. Um, so yeah, it, it, it could have come from that era, and it could have been a, a very commercially successful album. Um, I would hope that it is a commercially successful album now um and again like the bell and sebastian album has some really great lyrics yes there are some quite funny some very funny lyrics and it's <coughs> funny you sort of touched on it one of our favorite albums the last couple of years has been has been an album about heartbreak 
and and I just this this is just yet another potential classic about heartbreak. Yes. <laughs> it's just it's just the mine of all good material. It is. Yes. So Singing about things going right is usually quite dull. Yeah, but this this is going very very wrong, and it's going very wrong very beautifully. Great album. That's two great albums. That is two. Great and albums. one good album. So we're only halfway through, and already we are. I'm already, I'm already drawing up my 2015 top uh, 10 list. Ahead of where we were about <laughs> halfway through last year. Exactly. Yeah. So we move swiftly on then uh, to uh, Natalie Press. Uh, Natalie Press, uh, self-titled album, uh, which was apparently recorded three years ago, but is only now um, just seen the light of day. That's interesting. Uh, partly because I think it was, it was uh, money trying to get it released kind of thing. So right. it was produced by Matthew E. White, whose big inner album we actually reviewed uh, oh, a couple, gosh, couple, yes. a couple of years yeah. ago. Um, and he owns right. Space Bomb Records, who yeah. actually put the record out. So he's the producer on it and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. Natalie. Really, again, really enjoyed this album on first listen. Um, you know when you listen to something repetitively you start to reevaluate and sort of get yeah, 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 absolutely. but on first listen I was really I really enjoyed this record more than I thought I would because again um, and we're going to touch on this in a moment with a couple more albums real sort of throwback sound to this one in, in this particular sense the throwback to the 60s and early 70s yes of, of soul and, and, and that classic orchestral sort of backing sound that that, that Mark so many records of that period. Um, yeah, in, in places, really beautiful, another beautiful record. Uh, Christie, in particular. A fine, fine a song. fine song. Um, and um, It Is You, which is the album, the album closer, which sounds we- like it could have fallen straight off a Disney soundtrack. I've, in, my, in my notes for this podcast, I've no written, I've, it feels like it belongs in a 60s musical, something yeah. like The Sound of Music there or similar. There you go! That's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you know, beautiful, beautiful song. I can just imagine a sort of, a sort of waif cartoon character sort of, sort of dancing with a squirrel or something. <laughs> uh, you, know. you heard it here first, yeah, Peter. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> Frozen 2, I'm there. Um, you know, really, really good, really good album, really solid collection of tunes. Uh, first reference of 2015 to solid. Um, re- really enjoyable album. If, you, if again, you like something, something soft or something that's not going to be too interrupted to. No, it, 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 in, in, a, in a lot of ways, it, in a lot of ways, it's, it's a classic Radio Two. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean that in a very, but I mean that in a good way. Nicest yeah. Yeah. possible way. You know, it's far better than some other. Well, yeah, absolutely. Stuff that was probably being recorded at that time as well. Indeed, I, I agree. I, I think this album is an album that just kind of sucks you in. Mm. And there's kind of something about her voice. There's a, kind of, it's, there's a kind of fragility to it, even though it's not a fragile voice, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as you say, the sound, because of the production and arrangement, is pure kind of late 60s, early early 70s, with, the, as you say, the kind of smooth horns, and which actually is obviously a northern brass sound, uh, and that kind of lush orchestration. Lush. But, a kind of muted, but a kind of muted yes. orchestration yeah, as well, it's so not, it's not it's kind not, of overpowering it's everything. It's not the, um, what's his name, the buble and all of that. Yeah. It isn't sort of like, oh, there's, there's, the, the, there's the band yeah. blaring behind him. It's done, it's done very subtly. And it's the perfect accompaniment to her voice. Yeah, and as and again, again, like I said earlier on, it's another record where, whilst the whole album is strong, the first few tracks are just killer. 
So my baby don't understand me and bird of prey particularly, I just really, really love. Mm. Um, and they're as good as anything you'll hear this year, frankly, if might have been. Yep. Um, also, they're kind of like the kind of more upbeatness of kind of why don't you believe in me. Um, and Christy, which you mentioned, which is just it's a stun stunning track. It's yeah. very reminiscent of kind of, you know, there's elements of kind of, kind of Scott Walker in there. Yeah. And particularly, again, as I said, mentioned Nick Drake yet again, there's a Nick Drake song called River Man. And everyone knows that this song is very um, similar to uh, another fine song, it has to be said. Um, and yeah, this is, this is great. And luckily for us as well, she's turns out that she's the support actor for Ryan Adams, who we are seeing uh, no this, 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 oh, this Friday. There you go. And apparently Mr. Mr. Ryan is uh, covering Your Fool, the third track on the on the album, oh, in part of his, his, part of his set. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got a real, she's got, a, it's, the album's got a real classic sound to it. I, you know, my, my worry would be that, that it'd be a hard one to top. Yes. Um, but, but I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm, let's put it this way. Let's talk about this in the next podcast. Cause I'm intrigued to see how she does act, the support act without having that, that orchestra squeezed in behind her. Cause I'm sure they won't be there. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing that she hasn't brought an orchestra on tour with her to get support act. Yeah. But she doesn't need it because she's got a beautiful voice. Another beautiful voice. Indeed. Another yes. beautiful record. How many is that? Four? Three? That's four. That's four pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's getting very unlike us already. Yeah. And we're still and we're still in the first podcast. We're still in the first real proper podcast, aren't we? So people probably think we're gonna go downhill now when we when we can get to uh, Megan Trainer um uh, and title. Um now you probably need to have been in a coma, frankly, if you managed to miss uh, all about the bass. Well, about that bass, sorry, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, last, last, last year, since along with kind of Pharrell's Happy and Sam Smith, split, Sam Smith Stay With Me, yeah. Yeah, Taylor, yeah. Taylor Swift, whatchamacallit, um, Shake It All and Frozen Let It Go, were probably the songs that pervaded oh the musical. You've just listed the uh, top five playing on my house on the Saturday yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Those fun, songs were everywhere. Fun kids radio kids. <laughs> uh, so the question, <laughs> I suppose, for <laughs> Megan with her debut, uh, debut album, with her doo wop yeah. was... Uh, could she transfer that kind of fun and catchiness to uh, an album's worth of material, I guess? Well, ask me the question. Uh, sort of. Oh, I'd have said, yeah! <laughs> I said, oh, okay, well, well, I think sort, sort of. Right? It's, it, it does harness that, as you said, it's the kind of 50s kind of doo-wop influences, yep. the thing that's most it's present. It's throwback again. Yeah, it is. But there's also a kind of, you know, she throws in a bit of kind of modern R&B, and there's a, there's a touch of Caribbean influence there as well. Apparently her uh, uncle is from Tobago, so that's, you know... Is legitimate kind of a throw in there. And it's a really pleasant record to listen to. You know, she's someone that makes you want to smile. And for me, that can't be a bad thing necessarily in music to actually want to go, hey, that's quite fun. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think when the album kind of works, it is genuinely a lot of fun. So, you know, as how even the cheesiness of it. So we got Dear Future Husband, which is basically Run Around, run around Sue. Yeah. Um, with different lyrics. Uh, Close Your Eyes, which is a really nice song. Walk of Shame, which is just silly, but, but still fun, it's fun, <laughs> it's silly. Fun. Title, title, the title, title, yeah. uh, with a ukulele, ukulele based tune I really, really like. It's quite fun. All about the bass, of course, is, yeah. you know, it's a killer tune. You know it. 3 a.m. Um, uh, 3 a.m. Yeah. I can sing it. <laughs> I know. See, by that point, I was, I was reminded. That was my singing, folks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> my problem, my problem with it was there were times where I was reminded a bit too much of Tracy Ullman and not enough of Amy Winehouse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, 
But it's fun. I'm going to figure that out later. <laughs> but it's fun. You know, it's fun. Um, and what I will say as well is, bizarrely, there are two tracks on the extended version of the album, which yeah. is what I listened to first before I, I realised it was short. that first time round, yeah. Uh, so Selfish Heart and Credit, mm. which I would have both preferred to have on the standard version rather than on the mm-hmm. ex- deluxe, deluxe version. Uh, uh, my other, th- my other point maybe would be to say, I would question whether this kind of retro shtick is sustainable over several albums. No, well, clearly not, because it's at yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but it's the time. <laughs> the, the time. time the time was the fifties. <laughs> no, but the time. Is, the time is now because uh, certainly the, the the more modern pop elements are, are very current. But um, you know, give, give the girl a break. She might. She might. She might surprise you. Yeah. I. I. I um. I thought that, that where this album excels, it's because it, it does take that sort of do do whoppy uh, throwback pop sound of the 60s that's touched on in all about that bass, but comes through in other tracks like Dear Future Husband and 3AM, which we've already mentioned. Yeah. I think that's where it's stronger. Where it's perhaps weaker is where it, it loses sight of, uh, of that and, and sort of t- switches stuff. We're forever sort of calling artists for sort of sounding the same all the way through. There's a great pop album in here. There's a great pop album in here but as you say there are a couple of tracks i think that perhaps sort of pull it back a little bit from being mistakes i quite like that one but 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 sort of pull it back from being a great pop album to being sort of a good pop album about those sixes but as you say it's fine but yeah uh, uh, lyrically it's quite funny as well it is but every time i hear it because i just want someone to do a mashup between that and kisses i love it loud (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, if anyone's out there, I was thinking if wants to do Mash that, up. great. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth it, really. Yeah. No, no, it's a, it's a good album. And some, and some funny lyrics. Yes, some funny. I I said that funny lyrics. Yeah. I, uh, well, I well, funny in credit. I, I did make a note one in credit when she said, "She should be thanking me and sending me flowers. I've taught him everything. He can now last for hours." <laughs> Oof, a bit harder the colour there. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So, five down, one to go. Uh, and we end with Supergrass <laughs> and Gaz Coombs. Uh, this is his second solo album. Is this his second? Uh, All right. Matador. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Um, final time I mentioned throwback this podcast, promise. All right. Um, yeah, because this clearly throwback throws back from, to the 90s at times. But, but of course, why wouldn't it with the origin of, 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 of Gaz? Um, at times... If you're an existing Supergrass fan, your previous Supergrass fan, you've been a Supergrass fan for, for, God, nigh on 20 years. Um, yeah. Wow, that's depressing. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Bring, bring, bring it down for the last review. Uh, then you'll enjoy this album. Uh, it's, got some, it's got some good stuff on it. There's some good rock, indie indie rock tracks on here. Um, Opener, Buffalo, um, Oscillate, Closing Track, Matador. Um, and a couple of other things thrown in there that the sort of the quieter ones, like the girl who fell to earth, and um, and uh, the kind of weird is it on? I say kind of weird, you know, the sort of sound effects and stuff. Yeah, well, that's for four seconds, which is one of the highlights of the album. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, this is this is this is an alright album. Yeah, I work. I can't. All right, all right. I, 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 hey! I, see, I see what you did there. You did set me up. You seeded that one in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. I, I, I wrote it. Oh! I, I wrote it as the first thing here as well, and I didn't even get my own joke earlier oh, on. Brilliant. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, it's an album that's not going to set. It's an album that's not going to set the world alight, is it? And no. and unfortunately for Gaz, uh, he's we're reviewing him when he's up against some really really good records. Yeah. Um, and 
it kind of, I don't know, as I think, so I'll, I'm going to be nice to him and say that perhaps he's suffering from being up against the other albums from the podcast, but I don't know, it just seemed a bit overblown. Yeah, maybe. in places, yeah. So, so he, had, yeah. he had the kind of elements of good tracks going on, and he was like thinking, oh, I'm doing a solo album now, let's make this, kind of, uh, let's put some strings in, let's do this, let's yeah. do that, and he's just thinking, no, 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 no. The good... The, just the do. good thing about your songwriting yeah. is what made the debut Supergrass album good. Oh, a, Short, snappy, yeah. just, you know, yeah. in-your-face kind of stuff. Yeah, some of the tracks on here are longer. Yeah, so, so you got, so, so Detroit is a perfect example, because it's not a bad song. No, it's not at all. But it, but it just kind of it goes on it, longer than it should, and it's well. over, overworked, yeah. and yeah. I just kind of got a bit bored, really. Yeah. Um, I think, I think in any other podcast we'd have probably spend some more time going over this and be, be more complimentary. Yeah, and I guess the issue as well is like, it's, whilst I'm saying it's overblo- overblown, I mean, the um, BC Camplight album is overblown, but... <laughs> but in a good way. But in a good way, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not just about being overblown, it's being... Yeah. Overblown. So, sorry, Gaz. Yeah, sorry. I can't, I really wanted to like this one too. Yeah. So, basically, I'm going to say, he's not the album of the podcast. <laughs> Still a good album though, compared to some. <laughs> well, compared to some of the ones we started off listening to at the start of last year, actually, yeah, uh, they've been, it'd have been doing quite well. But yeah, sad, sadly, um, I think this podcast we've already encountered possibly two or three albums that may actually appear in many of the end of I, I, well, I, end I, of I, year I, lists. I first went through this podcast and I, and I thought, right, okay, there's um, there's five or possibly. If I'm being very kind, six that appear in my top twenty-five for the final final end of the year, <laughs> but there'll be three or four still in that that top ten, I think, by the end of the year. I, I think there'll definitely be a couple fight, yeah. fighting fighting for the uh, the yeah. title. Yeah. No pun, yeah. Megan. No pun. No pun. Hey, hey, like you did there, the old M chain reference. Um, yeah, yeah, no, definitely good podcast. That. Yeah. Go so and, go out and listen to all these albums. They're great. Indeed. Support, and then we'll be back. Music and such. We'll be back uh, next month with some more good stuff. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> You've been listening to the CTTV Music Podcast.